Hi, and welcome to Belated Binge Harry Potter, the re-binge podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously. I'm Zach, your host, revisiting some of the most iconic series in recent memory that I nearly missed, like Harry Potter, which, despite being the same age as movie Harry, I didn't read until my mid-twenties. Today is a bit of a retrospective episode because I realized that after we finished Chamber of Secrets, we never did a book wrap-up, or in our case, give away any binges. I went on vacation, posted some bonus content and some guest episodes that I had done, and then we jumped right into Prisoner of Azkaban, and then we went off on a whole bunch of topics. With all the new binges starting up around that, and all of that, I didn't realize that I had even missed it. So, I figured, before we gear up to restart our chapter-by-chapter episode coverage of Prisoner of Azkaban, I thought I'd go back and give out my binges for Chamber of Secrets. So, that's the plan for today after I give some updates on the podcast. So, let's do it. The Belated Binge Podcast. Before we get into it, there's probably spoilers. There's probably language. Earmuff whoever needs it. Shout out to Katie holding it down for the bonus binge squad on Patreon. As lonely as it is, I still greatly appreciate it. The first thing I want to do is address an issue that I'm dealing with for the podcast, which was first brought to my attention by a listener of the Sons of Anarchy binge, Vanessa. So shout out to Vanessa. If you're an Apple podcast user, you may have run into this. For some reason, when you open my podcast, you're only able to see the first like episode two. I think maybe I've gotten it to three before, but if you try to scroll, the app freezes. I think at one time it may have been crashing, but now I've found that if you wait about 20 seconds, the app should unfreeze and you'll be able to scroll through the episodes and down to the reviews and all that as you normally would on Apple Podcasts. I don't know what the problem is and I'm not seeing any other podcasts with this problem. So, lucky me. I've been running around in circles with customer support who have shown no interest whatsoever in actually helping or trying to solve the problem, but I'm still pestering them as much as I can. Um, I'm aware, or I'm not aware, rather, of any issues on any other podcast platform with the exception of Apple Podcasts, which means leads me to believe that it's an Apple Podcast problem, not a like technical side with the way that I'm submitting the podcast problem, because I don't think it's happening anywhere else. Uh, again, lucky me that it seems to be isolated to the most used podcast platform on the planet. But I'm trying to look on the bright side of things, like the eternal optimist that I am. While this is going on for Apple Podcasts listeners, I would recommend that you follow the podcast so that you can just have the latest episode load up on your home screen of the app, and you can easily click and listen to it from right there, and you don't have to actually open the podcast on the platform you can do it you know from your home screen uh in the app if you're not caught up and you're wanting to hear some of the older episodes in the feed then 
please have patience and wait the like 20 seconds or so for the app to stop bugging out so that you can scroll as you need to to find the episode that you're trying to listen to. Otherwise, you could try some other podcast apps that seem to be working fine. Thank you for your patience and understanding. I'm doing whatever I can to try and get it figured out, but I can't make Apple Podcasts give a shit about a small independent podcast like me, and I can't make the th- it work <laughs> and get fixed. Um, uh, I'm doing my best, though. Another small announcement for the podcast, and this pertains to listeners of The Office Binge. That show is sort of on ice. Uh, I'm not saying that it's over or that it's never coming back or anything like that, but after finishing up season one of that series, I'm not currently recording new episodes for it, and I will let you know if and when that changes or what alternative may come into play uh, alternatively. (laughs) Yeah, I should have been an English major with that extensive vocabulary. Now, now I'm going to ask for some help from you. I'd like to get some feedback from my audience. We're a few months in now to the new look of Belated Binge with multiple series being binged while episodes are still coming out on a weekly basis. The response from the Harry Potter fandom history episodes with Eric from MuggleCast has been so great recently. I'm super grateful for Eric coming on and giving it a shout out on MuggleCast, which made a huge difference in people hearing those episodes. And I hope that some of you who came here for the first time from that are still here now and hearing me say these words. If so, welcome to the binge. I'm also nearing the end of the first season of Sons of Anarchy. That binge has been off to a really great start, in my opinion, and I'm incredibly excited about an upcoming guest that you're going to hear on those episodes very, very soon. And I, when I say I'm stoked, I'm that is not like uh, whatever, just host speak. I'm legitimately excited uh, about this guest. So um, I can't wait to release that episode. What I do want to hear from you, though, is how you're liking the way that these episodes are being released. As you know, especially if you're on here from the Harry Potter binge, this started off as a like Harry Potter-centric binge podcast, and then it quickly morphed into multiple series happening all at one time. So I'm, I'm trying to gauge how that is being received um, and see if any potential alterations might be needed. So my questions to you are, do you like having all of these different binges happening here on the same podcast feed and like alternating each week of which series is being talked about? Would you maybe prefer to have the podcast broken up into like seasons? Each season could be dedicated to the same series. Uh, For example, a Harry Potter season starts and then a Harry Potter season ends after a while and then a Sons of Anarchy season starts and then it ends after a while, it, you get the point, etc., etc. Or would you perhaps be happier if each series just flat out had their own podcast feed altogether instead of having them all in one place? I've heard from some of you 
that are in the exclusive Facebook group for listeners. And I do appreciate all of that feedback. Um, but I'm just trying to hear from more of you. Uh, you can either join that group and let me know what you think, what your preference is, and just your general feedback on how you feel about the podcast since the uh, other series have been introduced into the mix. Uh, I have a feeling that that response is going to be mixed. Um, and I might not hear from some at all who might be gone. Um, I have a feeling that that happened. I'm hoping that uh, that not many left because of the changes that were made. But ultimately, what I'm trying to do is make this podcast for you and your enjoyment. So I want to make sure that I'm doing it in a way that as many of you prefer as possible. And kind of the only way that I know that I'm doing that is if I'm able to hear back from you. So like I said, you can either join that Facebook group that we have just for listeners. And there's some uh, some podcast guests that are also in that group, uh, some names and faces that should be familiar, voices that you have heard on this very podcast and other big ones, uh, like our recent MuggleCast host that also joined that Facebook group. Just saying, not trying to use him as a lure, but I'm casting anyways. <laughs> um, so you can you can join that group and, and tell me what you think there, or you can use the website belatedbinge.com. There's a voicemail function. There's a contact form. Uh, you can shoot me a message on social media if you prefer it that way. It's at Belated Binge across all of them. And I have links to everything. Uh, any way you would want to contact me, there's links in the show notes of this episode. And I do appreciate your feedback in advance because that's the only way I'm going to know if I'm doing what you like. So if there's something that I'm doing that you don't like, I'm not going to know about it unless you tell me. It would also be great to hear sometimes what you do like too, um, just to balance it out there because I have a fragile ego, like all podcasters. And I think that's it for now on the admin side of this podcast. So let's get into some binges for Chamber of Secrets. What are binges, you might be asking yourself? Well, if you have any picturing Michael Scott, speaking of The Office, emceeing Dwight on the production tables, giving away these silly, meaningless awards to characters on The Office while Pam's getting tanked and falling over and making out with Jim. That's exactly what we're doing here, minus the making out part, because I'm alone in my basement. So let's once again start it off the only way that feels appropriate. First, by setting the scene. You're minding your own business at your local Chili's. You had a long day at work, and you're on your third light beer because you're flat broke and you don't care to prove that you're a beer snob. Your half rack of ribs has just arrived. It's still steaming on the plate. You tuck your napkin into your shirt because you only have three work shirts, and you care more about not buying a fourth than what anybody thinks about you. You pick up that barbecue-covered slab of meat and bone or the impossible version for the vegetarians. That's probably a thing. And just as you lift it to your fully just wide-open jaws, you see a strange man holding a microphone with the hood pulled up of his all-black zip-up hoodie and an even stranger-looking dude in a mustard-colored shirt starts playing music. And then you hear 
The Bingies. How can I explain it? I was late to come around, so we're calling it belated. It's never been debated because the binge is underrated, but to anybody here, I'm so happy that you made it. Now first, before the best and worst, let's remember what has happened in the chapters that you heard. Remember Harry Potter? He's the hero from our first book. This one goes pretty much the same on your first look. It starts with a pan that was flying at his head. He's abused by his family. They don't even try to pretend. There's a mishap with a cake thanks to Dobby the house elf. Ron and the twins have to break him out like a jail cell. Dobby seals the gate so Harry can't get on the train, so he and Ron steal a car. It flies like a plane. They get in a fight when they land, and they lose to a tree. But somehow they made it, well, except for Ron's wand, in one piece. There's a new teacher this year who's a narcissistic prick, and the racist undertones take over pretty quick. There's a deadly monster roaming the halls with blood-written messages covering the walls. Everybody thinks it's Harry. He's the one. He must be evil. He can speak parcel tongue. That's talking to snakes, by the way. No Buggleborn is safe. Even Hermione ends up petrified after solving the case. And when Ron's little sister Ginny's taken to the chamber, Harry has to go alone through the plumbing to save her. That's because Lockhart tried to take the memories from kids, but he used Ron's wand that's been snapped like a twig. Now he's lost his mind, and Harry's surprised when he finds the ghost of Tom Riddle next to Ginny deep inside, the chamber of secrets where the monster is kept, a giant snake with a stare that causes, well, death. Fox the Phoenix comes through in the clutch, and Harry manages to save us again from Voldemort's touch. We foreshadow a horcrux and set Dobby free with a sock, and now we're giving out awards that mean, well, not a lot. You down with the Benjis? Yeah, you know me. You down with the Benjis? Yeah, you know me. You down with, well, I think the joke landed. Let's give away some Benji Awards for Chamber of Secrets. Our first character award category is Best Protagonist from this book. And this is, well, this is Hermione. She basically does everything in this book, even though she spends half of it in the hospital wing, either as a cat or petrified. Still, Harry and Ron, along with all the teachers, and the most powerful wizard in the world couldn't solve this mystery, but she could, from the hospital wing. Don't get me started on how this is still a book for children, despite how just gruesome and terrifying the underlying plot is, but Hermione is the goat of this book, and you're not going to convince me otherwise. Our next character award is for Best Antagonist. And step on up, Voldemort, particularly Tom Riddle. I wanted to do something clever here, but the fact that he literally almost took down Hogwarts and, like, the whole wizarding world, basically, and came back to life through a book with magic that he did as a teenager, when you peel back the children's audience, this is terrifying. He is preying on the insecurities of an 11-year-old child, parasitically feeding off of her soul to strengthen his own, he's possessing her and forcing her into committing heinous acts against her classmates and her friends, and he nearly sucks the soul and life force from her very body and into his own, before Harry comes clumsily saving the day thanks to Dumbledore's bird. It's the darkest, most insidious magic when you really think about it, 
and maybe the darkest magic that we see in the entire series. And if that's not an antagonist, I guess you could go with Lucius, or I guess you could go with Draco. Sure. All right. Those are the two obviously bi biggest ones um, from a character standpoint. So let's jump on down to best supporting role. And this is Ron. It's Ron. He's kind of dumb, and his plans are not great. But damn it, he is down for the cause and ready to fuck around and find out with Harry all book long. He is the driving force of saving Harry from the Dursleys, which is quite literally hell on earth for him. He gets them to Hogwarts in the flying car as a 12-year-old, and they don't die somehow. He manages not to also kill anyone and make it through the entire year with his broken-ass hand-me-down wand. He is basically just flapping around a stick, and ironically, that stick is the ultimately what saves their lives and memories and saves Ginny and, by extension, everyone else by the end of this story. But thanks, Ron, and maybe... Thanks to your family for being poor and not getting you a new wand. Maybe. I, people aren't going to like that, I don't think. Uh, he doesn't turn on Harry when the rest of the school does, and he will fight a motherfucker over it. And he did the polyjuice stuff. He faced his biggest fear when the giant hell spiders tried to eat them. He faced Lockhart down. He went down to try and find the chamber and save Ginny, and he was just, just a good bro <laughs> and an awesome, supportive friend throughout this whole book, which makes him the best supporting character in my book. Ron Love. Okay. Our next character award. Most underrated character. This one's Harry. I'm sorry. I know he's the main character. And he's the hero of the story. He shouldn't be underrated in any way or whatever. But I also know that nobody picks him as their favorite character. Nobody is going to agree that I'm even calling him underrated here. But the book starts with physical abuse, psychological abuse, and he's literally being malnourished and imprisoned in his aunt and uncle's home who hate him. Then, his letters from the only people on the planet who have ever shown him any semblance of affection and happiness are being stolen from him. So that he believes that they aren't coming, and that people may have forgotten about him, or don't actually care about him, while he is isolated in literal hell. Then, the one thing that he cares about in his life his one escape from said hell is nearly taken from him when he can't get to Hogwarts. Then, when he does get to Hogwarts, he's nearly beat to death by a tree, nearly expelled from the place he loves most, and then he starts hearing voices and fearing that he'll be taken away from this place for being freaking crazy. And then, if that's not enough, the whole school turns on him and thinks he's an evil wizard 
openly blaming and tormenting him about being a racist, dark wizard heir of Slytherin, and then a grown-ass man tries to attack and wipe his memory and ability to function as a human, and then <laughs> he is nearly murdered by a giant snake monster and a horcrux soul of the serial killer that killed his parents and has been trying to kill him his entire life, and he still gives enough of a shit to save the day and save the lives of all these shitty kids who accused him of being evil all year, and his biggest concern the whole time is if he's actually got it in him to not only be, like, confused, crazy, what has happened to me, but is he actually secretly a jaded dark wizard, and if he's even worthy of being a good guy. That's nuts. I'm sorry. And he doesn't get enough credit, especially in this book, which I think makes him underrated. And now we're going to move away from characters a little bit. We're going to do some, like, story, I guess, awards for a few minutes here. Starting with Best Plot Development. And I don't want to go with the biggest obvious things with these. I've tried not to. I know some of these, when it's like character-driven, it's a little hard to avoid focusing on the characters we spend the most time with a lot of times. So I want to just preface that. But I do, especially with the writing portion and the story portion and the arcs and plot and that kind of stuff, I try not to just say like, oh man, the biggest plot development is, you know... The diary, that's the main plot development throughout the story of the book. That was its purpose. So I'm going to go with Dobby here. He's annoying as shit, but he starts off trying to keep Harry away from Hogwarts, and we hate him, and he gets Harry in trouble, and we hate him. But then we find out a little bit about how terrible his life is as a literal slave, and we start to hate him a little bit less. But then he keeps hurting Harry. Literally. And like breaking his bones and stuff. So we hate him. But then we find out that he belongs to the Malfoys. And that makes you care about him a little bit more. And you hate him a little bit less. And we cap it off with Harry tricking Lucius into save this like slave plot hole. And freeing Dobby with a sock. And Dobby repays Harry by protecting him from the retaliation attack from Lucius. And it's just a nice little arc that's pretty well developed alongside our main story. It has some peaks and valleys in it and ultimately creates a character that after this book where he's kind of very, very, very annoying, he kind of turns into a cool little character. And I kind of mean that literally and figuratively. He doesn't get a ton of book time, but he gets some book time and some key moments, and we see some really cool things from him to the point where we really start to care about him by the end of this, and then our hearts are ripped out of our chest. But they can only be ripped out of our chest if we actually care about him. And in this book, it's our introduction to him, and we don't for the longest time. We think he's awful until the end of the book, which, to me, is a nice development. Side plot, if you will, development. So, what about 
the best plot twist in the book. This is Lockhart. Again, trying not to go with the obviouses here. I am Lord Voldemort would be obvious. The best plot twist that isn't the biggest plot twist that was written <laughs> is Lockhart. We knew he was an idiot, like, immediately, and a fraud. But to find out that he got where he is by manipulating the memories of real-life heroes, and then he spun that into a best-selling author career and profited from it? He's sadistic. And I did not see that shit coming the first time around reading these books. And I'm still, even though I know it's coming, each time it hits that moment in this book, it, like, twists me up inside to the point where, like, I have this just, just burning hatred for this character when he's about to try to wipe the memories of Ron and Harry for his so that he isn't outed as a fraud and then he speaks as if he's going to turn it into a book he's going to let Ginny die he's going to show up with a completely mind-boggled Harry and Ron and be like they they lost their mind at the sight of the basilisk but I saved them and he's going to turn this into a huge book that you know would be massively read and massively profitable because it's about how Harry Potter lost his mind and Gilderoy Lockhart saved his life and I'm sure it would have lots and lots and lots of detail about shit that never happened in it and it makes me angry I haven't had most of this written in my notes it just makes me angry every time I get to that point of the story and up until that he's just kind of a bumbling idiot until he's not and that's a hell of a plot twist if you ask me next these awards are going to be somewhat random um some of them you know they, they should sound fairly familiar from the first binges that i did from uh, the first book uh sorcerers aka philosopher's stone the first one I kept, the Total Badassery Award. And this one is a name that you've probably been waiting on for a little while, but I felt this was the most appropriate place to put it, and it's Ginny. 11 years old, literally being attacked on a daily basis by the darkest wizard of the age, a serial killer who has weaponized a horcrux trying to suck the soul from her body. And she not only lives, but she figures it out. And she tries to stop it. Now, she's a child in a children's book. So trying to flush it down a toilet was not the best call here. But she tried. She did something to try to stop it and get rid of this book so it couldn't hurt anybody else. Should she have gone to Dumbledore when she realized what was happening? Yeah. Yeah, she should have. But, particularly in these first two books, we have to make sure that Dumbledore isn't able to save the day. And so, 
he can't know about any of this. Otherwise, he would just save the day. I may have something to say about that if you got me on that tangent. Perhaps. But the fact that she went back to the diary after stealing it from Harry is something that the fandom is always going to have to talk about. And so I want to address it here because I am of the belief, again, this is a headcanon in my belief, but I believe that the Horcrux had taken such a hold on her soul by this point in the book after possessing her so many times and truly using her soul to feed itself to become stronger and stronger and more in control that it it essentially had a manipulative property that didn't need her to write in the diary anymore in order to possess her just her possessing it having it in her possession was enough for it to possess her so i because i've heard people say that the fact that she took the diary from Harry in order to save Harry, another badass moment, but then she started writing in it again was just very, very stupid, and I would agree with that, and that's why I don't think that's what actually happened. I think that her taking it back from Harry and just having it was enough, and it was able to possess her again and then, you know, drag her to the Chamber of Secrets, and, and away we go with our book. Either way, you cut this whole thing, Ginny, and even just being alive at the end of this book, is a total badass. Now, the next award that I'm going to give away is the Dumbest Shit That I'd Forgotten About Award. And this one's kind of a new award. It's a little bit of a spin-off of a different one that I gave away in the first uh, book. And this one... I'm sorry, uh, my my inner child is going to come out right now. Um, and by child, I mean like teenage me. It's the Percy jerking off red herring. <laughs> it wasn't something that I'd like forgotten about necessarily, but it definitely wasn't at the forefront of my mind when I went back to this book. And once it came up that Ginny had walked in on him doing something embarrassing, it, I laughed like a middle school boy. And then it plays out, and it's like it's this little mini story arc, and it's just hilarious the whole time because you do, if you have a dirty mind like mine, you think that it's all about her walking in on Percy pleasuring himself. And of course, it turns out that he was making out with a girl and not that, so we do still get a payoff to that, and we get something for the next book that the twins have to give him shit about. And I'm... I'm immature sometimes, and I laughed at it. And it's the dumbest shit that I'd kind of forgotten about. And it made me laugh. So it got its own award in the silly award episode because this whole thing, I mean, come on, it's kind of silly. Speaking of silly, I got one more for you. And it is the dumbest plot device award. And this came down to two for me, and they're actually in the form of characters in some way. And it was either going to be Fox the Phoenix or Hermione. I'm going with Hermione on this one. Specifically, 
the little piece of paper that she has crumpled in her hand while she's petrified and the idea that nobody would have seen it in the days, weeks, months, I don't know, what's it been that she was laying in that bed in the hospital wing receiving medical attention and being, you know, scanned over and looked over and investigated, if you will, nobody found the little piece of paper in her hand, but Harry just happened to see it. Nobody else could have. And that's ultimately the key to getting everything to fall into place so that they can actually save the day. And it is dumb plot convenience in a children's book. And that just is what it is. And that is all I've got for you this time. Better late than never, but we have finally wrapped up Chamber of Secrets. So, what now? <laughs> well, on the Harry Potter binge, we're going back into Prisoner of Azkaban. So I figure the way that we're going to do this, since I did um, miss some time, I guess, in, uh, in I didn't miss time, but we just we started doing some topics instead of the chapters, and I thought that was really, um, I thought it was well timed. I thought that it was. Uh, needed for the podcast to to kind of break up the chapters and and give you different um, different material, if you will. And quite frankly, it led to two of the most successful episodes I've ever had with Eric um, in that like history lesson and and fandom deep dive, which had something to do with why we were doing topics in the first place. Um, peek behind the curtain uh, was you know lining some of that stuff up. So. I thought it was I thought it was needed. I thought it was um great. I thought it was refreshing and I hope that you agree. I hope you enjoyed it too. Uh and I hope you're is uh, you know excited like me to jump back in to the actual binge of the book because ultimately that's what we're here for on belated binge to be the core and crux, not to be <laughs> a core crux if you will of the podcast it's meant it's it's the binge aspect so i don't want to i don't want to stray too far away from that even if we do you know throw in some topics here and there um but i thought that it, it was it was now a good time to get back into the flow of the chapter by chapters in prisoner of azkaban so uh, i figure the way that we'll do that is we will set it up in the next harry potter episode of this podcast um, with kind of recapping where we are after the first five chapters of that book uh, in those episodes that have already been released. Um, and in that, I will just, you know, like I said, do, do, do a little recap of where we are in the book, but I'll also share some of the responses that I've gotten from you on those expecto plot change questions so far. Uh, and we'll, we'll, you know, from there, we will uh, we'll kick off the chapter episodes, um, and I'm I'm getting guests lined up. People are claiming, uh, still claiming chapters that they want to come on for. Um, trying to get as many of those scheduled as I possibly can. Uh, I'm trying to get some voices that you're familiar with, and as well as some new ones into the mix. And of course, I'm I'm sure that uh, that there will be. There will be some chapters that I'm doing by myself as well, and you'll get me kind of going going down the the nerd rabbit hole and making fun of things as I as I normally would, uh, and and it won't be it won't be all guests and it won't be all just me, um, but I'm but uh, I 
I'm excited, and I hope you are. And thank you for listening to this Bingies episode. And reminder to please let me know your thoughts on the show format and the questions that I asked earlier in this episode. Um, Again, links to everything in the show notes. I'm doing this for you, so I want it to be delivered to you in the way that best suits as many of you as possible. Thanks again, and thank you for telling all of your Potterhead friends how much cooler they would be if they joined us on this belated binge of Harry Potter.